Okay. This is the beginning of my sermon right now. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Great. Good. Okay, here it is. All through my life, I've been taught that I need to react well to things that come my way. <clears throat> okay? And I really want to focus on this word react. Um, not be proactive, but just react to things that come. Um, like, okay, a sickness came my way. I need to react now to it. Um, not be proactive, um, but react to it. Oh, I, uh, whatever comes my way and I need to react properly to it. Um, and if someone does this, then I need to react this way. And, you know, how conflict resolution kind of stuff. And, you know, I've been trained my entire life this way. Um, through church, through um, my my parents, through other people in my life have trained me how to react to things. Um, but tonight I want to flip that on its head um, and invite you guys into this process that I'm involved in um, myself. Uh, so if I feel like, if you feel like I'm talking to you harshly, if you feel like I'm talking um, abruptly, um, it's because I've talked to myself the same way. Okay. Everybody do this. If you heard me say that. Okay, great. Now I can't get hate email. I can't get complaints. Okay. So if you heard that, you cannot complain to me about being, your feelings being hurt. Cool. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Lex. All right. So I've really noticed that uh, my reactionary attitude Uh, I don't know if that's a word, but now it is. My reactionary um, (laughs) attitude has started to creep into my faith walk and has started to creep into my prayer life. Um, And the way that I really approach the Lord in prayer is very reaction-based instead of being proactive, okay? And that's kind of, that's the main theme of this entire message is how to be proactive in our faith and prayer. Um, We'll touch more on faith next week. We're going to touch more on prayer this week, okay, Uh, for all it's worth. And as you know, that prayer is essential to our lives and to our faith's well-being. Now, if I don't pray, I'm sorry. I'm going to be a little bit shipwrecked not only in life but also in faith. Um, Does that make sense? I'm going to be a little bit tangled up in some problems if I do not have a prayer life. It is a direct conversation with the Lord, nothing more, nothing less, right? Sometimes we chalk it up into making sure that we sound very profound to the Lord, but really he wants us to approach him like a child. Isn't that cool? You know, I don't have to have a great vocab to approach the Lord. I just need to approach him like a child, approach him for who I am, nothing more, nothing less, right? We should find a little bit of peace in that, a little bit of, a little bit of freedom in that. Um, but I think the world, um, I'm going to, I don't know if I've fully made my mind up on how I believe in this, but um, I think the way the world has kind of influenced our prayer life is a little bit negative. You know, we see Facebook posts and Instagram posts of, hey, pray for this, pray for that, um, when things come up in life. And I get that. I get that. I'm I'm not saying that we need to be the end-all, be-all, know-it-alls to, oh, I know when this is coming. But I think there's something in that. Um, And I think the church has a little bit allowed it, and the believers in the church have allowed it as well. 
um, of just like, yeah, we'll, we'll just pray when we need things. We'll just pray when crisis happens. Um, and hopefully crisis will be averted if we pray. Um, and we almost throw up these, uh, for lack of a better term, throwing up these grenades and hope that it lands, hope that it hits the target. Um, instead of being precise, instead of training and being precise and executing it with precision. Um, and it's been kind of interesting the way the Lord has been kind of shifting my mind. Uh, as now I have two military men that I'm preaching to, like there's a lot of stuff that I'm now, that the Lord is kind of revealing to me because of the way that I'm praying. Oh, praying. Hmm. That's a good word. <sighs> because of the way that I'm praying, you know, I, and I'm not, this is not me tuning my own horn, but I, I pray for Zach and Chase daily. Um, and I see that that is starting to kind of leak into my life and the way I kind of view things is from a military, I say this loosely so that I don't offend uh, actual military people because I'm not that at all, but I'm starting to think in that way, um, obviously without knowing anything about it, I'm thinking in that way. And you'll see that through this message of like, oh my gosh, there's something in this. Um, so I hope that makes sense. If it didn't, just forget about it, okay? Um, but my main point is the way we approach prayer is just when crisis happens. And I want to kind of shift that. I really want to invite you guys into this process that I'm in and this journey that I'm in of shifting um, from not being defensive in my prayer life but taking an offensive, not being, you know what I mean? Like the opposite of defense, offense, right? Not offensive, but offense, if, offense dash if, if that helps you, not offense, yeah, whatever. Okay, but shifting this, I'm not going to pray in defense to what's happening to me, but I'm going to actually pray in offense of what is maybe going to happen or maybe what might happen. Um, this might be a little bit, uh, a little bit twisting in the mind of how we have viewed things and how we approach prayer. And that's why I feel like the Lord's trying to speak it to me. Okay. And we hear this pray, this phrase, um, pray in the spirit all the time. We hear it all the time. You know, if you hang around me, uh, you hear it often. If you don't hang around me, I, I'm sure you probably have still heard it. Um, but it's praying in the spirit. And, um, Praying the Spirit all the time. And I, 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 I encourage you guys to do it. I really, really do. And I want to add another level of definition to that tonight uh, so that we kind of understand what that actually looks like and what that actually sounds like. Um, it's not always tongues, but it can be, okay? I just want to put that out there. It's not always tongues. Um, the, the Pentecostal in me wants to say that it's always tongues, but it's not. Okay. So don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Praying in the spirit is a prayer language. Um, and praying in tongues is a prayer language as well. Um, but I think the way we pray is always in reaction to something that is happening. And I don't think that's correct. And I'll, I'll show you scripture. Don't worry. I'll show you scripture why I have come to this conclusion and why I think this. So here we go. First scripture. Let's go to Psalms 13. 
Psalm 13, and I'm just going to read the entire chapter. It is a whole of um, six verses, uh, so I think we can cover that tonight. Quiet. Oh, everybody's muted. That's why nobody, I can't hear anybody's breath. Anybody want to unmute to be the hype man tonight or hype woman tonight? <laughs> I got you, Zach, Alex. I got you. There we yeah. go. I got we'll some, alternate, Zach. Got some hype boys. I want you guys to kind of interject um, as well tonight, okay? I don't want you to be shy, and I don't want you to be shy of uh, challenging me either. Um, uh, but just know that I've studied this. So <laughs> I'm just joking. You can still challenge me. It's okay. I promise. Okay. So Psalm 13. Psalm 13 verses 1 through 6. It reads, To the choir master, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart? all the day how long shall my enemy be exalted over me okay so you see what's happening wah 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 I, i'm sorry but like it is and you know i feel like david is probably laughing in heaven because he said these things and captured all these things he's like man i, I guess why'd that make it in the bible i look pathetic you know all right let me keep on reading verse three Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Lift up my eyes, lest I see the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I'm shaken. Verse 5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And I will sing to the Lord because he has, de he has dealt bountiful bountifully with me okay so you see what's going on here it's this interesting contrast of how david starts and how david ends right they're very very different here right and i guess what i want you to see here is he's in a situation and he needs something right and then he prayers and oh, gosh why am i doing that then he prays Good, good. Thank you. And then he shifts. Something shifts here. Something, something happens here in his heart, right? And I think this is, a, this is a way of thinking that we've bought into. But I don't know if you guys know this. Psalms is an Old Testament book. Does that mean that I throw it away? No, obviously not. I'm using it to preach out of right now, so I have not thrown it away. But there is a new covenant that's in place that I want to highlight tonight. Okay? You see that David approached the Lord in his struggle and in his uncertainty. And then the Lord gives, gives, um, gives freedom from it and gives him new perspective on it. Correct? And that's beautiful. Yeah. Right? And if that is our prayer life, I guarantee we will see victories and we will see success. <laughs> but is there a better way? It's what I want to unravel to you tonight, okay? Um, and I know that David had a pure heart here and he had a very, very, very pure motive here when he was approaching the Lord, 
but is this the best approach that we can take as new covenant, Holy Spirit filled people? We'll see. Turn to Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12, and I think, I don't know what we're reading in Isaiah 12. Oh, yeah, I do. Isaiah 12, 2. Actually, let's do 1 and 2. Okay? Okay. Ready? Okay. Ready. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. And then verse 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Okay? So now, Isaiah's words are a little bit different. And as we understand Isaiah, uh, he was a little bit prophetic. And I say a little bit uh, sarcastically because he was a lot of bit prophetic. Okay, he was very, very prophetic. And you hear this almost underlying tone in this in this in those two scriptures. And if you want to continue to read chapter 12, more power to you, you you will continue to see this underlying truth of or or this. uh, Yeah, this underlying truth of stand firm in truth. Stand firm in truth. He's proclaiming truth over his life in opposition of his predicament. Right? He says, and here, let me break it down for you just so that we're all on the same page. He says, God is my salvation, God is my salvation, which is to oppose the opposite of it. Right? When you declare something, that means you are declaring it in victory over the opposite of it, correct? It's not just like Zach says, Hey, I'm gonna beat you in Madden, if he doesn't actually think he's going to beat me in Madden. Right? And he would only say that to me, Jansen. Don't worry. He would. I mean, you might put up a challenge to him, but I am not in that place. Uh, so when you declare something, it means that you probably know that it's going to happen, right? Um, or you're insecure, but we won't talk about that, okay? But it's more of you know that something's going to happen, right? And then he says, I will trust. Why? To not be afraid. Again, in opposition of what he is being led into, what he's being tempted into, what he's being pulled into. And then he continues and says, Lord God is my strength to oppose the weakness in his flesh. Okay? He has become my salvation, is what he says. To oppose becoming something else. Do you see that? Isn't that kind of an interesting way to kind of look at that? Yeah, it's opposition. It's not in, oh, I'm just saying this to say it. It's actually, I'm declaring something prophetically into a new generation, into a new season, into a new area that I have not yet seen as Isaiah, but I know that is coming to fruition. And it's interesting. He starts out his prayer with said, um, uh, is my salvation. And then he ends it with, has become my salvation. You see that? And he almost like understood that he, that the Lord is his salvation, 
but then didn't fully walk in it until that process of mind came to fruition at the end of the verse two. And he says, now the Lord has become my salvation. Now I am walking in that salvation. What is salvation? A great word for salvation and write this down if you want. Salvation equals victory. That's it. Salvation equals victory. I can only inherit salvation if I understand what Jesus actually did. Right? I, I could not have salvation if Jesus didn't die on the cross. Does that make sense? Salvation equals victory. Even Isaiah had to speak truth over his life to inhibit or to invest in what was surrounding him. To suffocate what was surrounding him. To ruin what was happening around him. Okay? When we don't stand firm in truth, we get lost. I know that's very simple. You know, it's a very simple one-liner, and it's like, yeah, cool. But, like, it's a big deal. And I really want to kind of drill that in tonight, is if we don't know truth, we're always going to get lost. If we don't know truth, we're going to always be reacting the rest of our entire lives and how life comes at us, you know? You know, sometimes we, we take this perspective of life comes at me. But actually... What actually is happening is Lord, the Lord has already covered the entire story. You know, he's Alpha and Omega for a reason. He is A to, a to Z. Uh, he, he, is, he is everything and everything in between he has written, right? And when I say life comes at me, I'm actually taking away the sovereignty of God when I say that. That's a big, that's a big word. I know that was abrupt. I know. And, you know, just remember you, what you nudged your head at me again. Okay. Remember that. Okay. So when we don't stand firm in truth, we get lost. Okay. Um, so that was my beautiful intro. I hope you enjoyed it. But now I'm going to get into the real, just the beef of the message. Are you ready? Whoop, whoop. I had, I had a barbecue brisket sandwich today. Oh my gosh, was it good. You know, and it just reminded me of what fullness tastes like. That has nothing to do with the sermon. I just wanted to let you know. Thank you, Lex. Very cool. Okay, so here we go. This message is called Hold the Line, as you remember, um, and this is a per fresh perspective on how to pray, okay? So the first thing we have to look at is when the disciples ask Jesus, hey, teach us how to pray. You knew this was coming. It's a Lex message. You knew that this was getting brought up. Okay, so if you don't know, turn to Matthew 6. We're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, okay? And I won't this is not our main passage tonight, so stay with me. We'll, we have a main passage tonight that we will get to faster than you think. Already had it bookmarked. Is it underlined? No, I don't write in my Bible. 
Matthew 6. <laughs> we'll be in verse 9. And we'll go to 13. Cool? With me? Yeah. I, I, guys, I realize that I, I preach on this a lot, but this is like the most profound prayer ever. <laughs> okay? So, but I want to pull something out of it tonight that maybe I haven't preached on before. All right? So, verse 9 in uh, Matthew 6 says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay? And I don't want that to just sound like a normal prayer anymore. I want it to change the atmosphere that we sit in. I want it to change everything that we do is that prayer. And let me tell you why. Because it's called the Lord's Prayer. And this is how Jesus told us to pray. I feel like that should hold a little bit of importance over our lives. And if it doesn't, you know, figure it out. Okay. It, it should, it should hold a whole weight over our lives of this is how to pray. And this is fascinating. There's five things that I want to highlight out of this prayer and then we'll, we'll kind of break them down. Okay. The first thing is acknowledge the father as holy. Acknowledging the Father as holy, okay? The second is asking and declaring glory over the earth. The third is provision for the day. The fourth is forgiveness. You guys are writing so fast right now. I'm kind of going fast, so, you know. Well, you know, got to hold this to two hours. <laughs> what was the second one you said? <laughs> Asking and declaring glory here on earth. Okay. Fourth was forgiveness. And then the fifth one is lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil or you could write lead and deliver simple right five simple things correct yes good correct thank you what I want you to see here is where is Jesus telling us to be reactionary? Nowhere, none, Lex. None of that seems to be like a reaction to something that's happening. And nowhere in this does Jesus say, well, wait for bad to happen and then, <laughs> you know, or wait for this to happen and then. And, you know, it was just never on his radar. And I want to illuminate that tonight, okay? Um, there, all these things are declarations of not only truth, but also of being on offense, but also being on offense. And you say, how Lex? And I'm so glad that you asked. How Lex? Yeah, no. Yeah. I am so glad that you asked. 
All right, so let's break these down a little bit. Acknowledge the Father is holy. Great, all right? This is a declaration of truth and acknowledging him as set apart and high and lifted up above anything as ever, anything and everything else. Right? Okay, so that is just a, that is a head space and a heart space that we are called to live in. Right? Isn't that cool? Do you see that? It is a space that we are called to live in. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, cool. Then the third thing, or sorry, second thing, asking and declaring glory here on earth. Again, a declaration seems like ahead of time, correct? It doesn't seem like it doesn't sound like oh my gosh the the world is a tormented place and now I need to ask for glory here. No, it's just hey this is the way it should be. And I understand that yes the the, the world is a jacked up place. I get it. All right, I'll be the first one to tell you that. But what if we took this approach? Okay, a declaration is ahead of time. I don't declare something and after the fact, right? Because then you're just like, why did you say that? You know, that's really awkward. Okay. Okay. Then uh, the third is provision for the day, right? And why is this an offense thing? Why is this being on offense? Is because this is before your lack. This is before your lack. This is before your flesh tries to take over and take, and take the reins on life. Right? When I ask for provision for the day, this is me actually agreeing with the Lord of what he has already promised. Therefore, in victory, therefore, you get the point. Right? Good. I'm glad everybody's just got Yes, it. I get the point. Thanks, Lex. Fourth, forgiveness. Moving forward quickly. Right? This does not say, hey, wait till a grudge happens and then forgive. <laughs> that would be the weirdest prayer ever. <laughs> Jesus just saying that, wouldn't that be so weird? Just like, hey, guys, <laughs> this is how to pray. First, you have to get a grudge. And then you have to ask for forgiveness. No, that does not make any sense, right? Right. <laughs> he, he is saying, don't let anything fester and move forward quickly, right? Don't let anything fester. Don't let anything become stagnant in your life. You know, just like water. If you let water sit without being stirred, it gets nasty and smelly and disgusting, you know? And then it, it's this whole, entire, this whole entire concept that I need us to latch on to is do things before they get ugly. Take care of things before they get ugly, right? Forgive quickly, just like the Lord forgives you. That's why it says that, right? Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors, right? They go hand in hand. So, okay, let's release things quickly. Do you see that? Okay, again, on offense, right? Wouldn't it be cool if we had a competition, if we did wrong, and we got in, a, in, a, in a, a fighting match with another person, 
that it was a competition who could forgive the other person faster. Right? Why? Because that's kingdom. That is you walking in kingdom culture. Right? I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I'm sorry, but in heaven, I guarantee forgiveness is very, very quick. You know, I'm going to journey to say that. It's very, very quick. Why? Because you're saturated in glory. Okay, cool. I'll move on. Then that fifth thing is lead us and deliver us from temptation and from evil. This is huge. Key words here are lead and deliver. Lead and deliver. This is from a place of victory, not defeat. If I'm leading somebody somewhere, I know where I'm headed. Correct? Or else you're a bad leader. Let me just say it. You know, if you don't know where you're leading, you're, you don't, you're not a leader. And you're a bad leader if you try to put that hat on. Right? That's it. But we're all called to be Christ-like. Therefore, Christ, a uh, supreme leader. Yeah? Not in the negative context that that's usually used in. But he is a all authoritarian leader he has all authority he's kind of a big deal he's not just some guy who says oh i'm the savior of the world and then says all right peace no he actually shifted everything okay he's the same guy who when he breathed his last breath the entire earth shook oh and the earth cracked in half I don't know if you guys ever uh, realized that. Oh, and also people freaking started coming out of their graves. I don't know. It happened. You know, it's, I, I don't get it. They ha it happened. It was such a shock to the entire world that earthquakes happened. The veil tore and people started crawling out of their graves. Yeah, mind-blowing stuff. I know. I don't fully comprehend it either. Is it my job to fully comprehend it? No. Cool. Glad we're all on the same page. When we pray this prayer, we're walking in victory, not in defeat. And I love how he says, pray then like, like this. Right? Pray then like this. That's amazing. I love that. The, why? Because that's the relational of God. Right? If it were if it were religion, he would have said he would have said like pray like this, right? Well, sorry, I said that wrong. He would have said he would have said do this. Okay, sorry, I apologize for that. If it were religion, he would have said just do it this way. No say in it, no no relationship. But because of relationship, he says pray like this. Okay. Cool. We say that he is victorious, but yet sometimes we approach our prayer life in defeat. Cool. This is where the sermon gets really fun. Are you ready? Yes. Turn to Ephesians 6. As if you weren't having fun already. <laughs>
then this will this will shift something. Ephesians six, verse ten. And I know you guys have probably heard this. If you've been in the church for any period of time, you've probably heard this. But let me read it to you again so that you hear it. Wife is kicking me, pinching me, beating me up tonight. She's just sitting here. She's like trying to keep me in check or something tonight. Blink three times if you need us to call somebody for you, Lex. Did you see it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Ephesians 6, verse 10. <laughs> That's sidetracked. Uh, yeah, here we go. All right. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, and against authorities, and against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Verse 14, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times, in the spirit. There it is. All right. Did we see it? Okay. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. And also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Okay, so this is where it gets kind of fun. And let me just drop this on you first. Anytime the focus of prayer and worship is in fighting the devil, it is no longer prayer or worship. Say it one more time. Yeah, I'd love to. It's going to echo through generations and generations, this one line. It's this. Anytime the focus of prayer and worship is in fighting the devil, it is no longer prayer or worship. Let that just kind of marinate. You know, it's just like a nice rack of ribs just marinating. Just let that kind of set in. Let yourself make up your own opinion and let me just like blow it up right now. Why is that true? 
I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked. Why is that true, Lex? Yes, I'm so glad you asked. It's exactly for this reason. When my prayer and worship is directed towards the devil, I'm giving him authority. And I'm saying you are on offense. Okay, I'll loop back around to it, okay? So if you don't agree with me, I'll loop back around to it. It's okay. But I was, I, I had this question as I was reading this, as we were actually, Blake brought this up. Um, this is, um, Blake was talking about how, um, how, how prayer should, how prayer should be. Um, I, I'm probably botching that. Um, under this, under this context. And I brought this question up in guys group of like, okay, so why in the world am I getting clothed in armor and then I'm going to go pray? <laughs> right? Doesn't that just seem weird? Doesn't prayer seem like very safe? You know, I'm putting on all of this armor. I'm putting on this breastplate of righteousness. You know, I have a shield even. I have a helmet and, and shoes on my feet and a sword in my hand. And nothing on my back, which we will talk about in a second. And I'm going to pray. Is that... Does that question make any sense or is it just like, why is this guy asking me a question? Shouldn't he just talk to me? Isn't that interesting though? Like, have you guys ever thought of that? Like, okay, I'm going to go get clothes with armor and then I'm going to, <laughs> then I'm going to go just pray. Right? Here's my conclusion. Cause that's the most because when I pray, I am actually on offense. Which means I might have a level of insight if I am praying correctly of what might come. And I can pray accordingly to shut down those flaming darts of the enemy. And it's fascinating because the way they used to go to battle was that it's this whole concept of, okay, hold the line. They, they were able to see their enemy coming. Why? Because they actually planned. They invested into the right things. They had the correct intel, which we'll talk about in a second. They had the correct intel. And I think this is just mind-blowing to me that they would hold the line. All over Ephesians 6, it says, Stand firm, be strong in the Lord, that he is your strength. Then put on all of this armor, and therefore withstand. And having done all to stand firm, then stand therefore. Stand Hold fast. Hold the line. Wouldn't that be a much 
more exciting and fun way to prayer? Oh, dang it, I did it again. Wouldn't that be a much more exciting way to pray? If this whole idea and concept of praying in the Spirit, which I, I will talk about, I promise. I'm just dangling a bunch of carrots right now. I know. You guys are just, oh, my gosh, like, wow. Okay. Isn't this amazing that there's this idea of I'm going to put on all of this armor, and then I'm going to hurry up to stand. I'm going to hurry up and stand. Because all the enemy can do is shoot flaming arrows at me at this point. Why? Because there's this beautiful painting and this beautiful picture of my army, of the army that we're a part of, all crouched down with shields above us. Not in, woe is me, but in, I know it's coming and they'll run out of arrows. Right? Do you see this? I know what's coming and there's, they're going to run out of arrows, right? The shield is all for extinguishing the flaming darts of the enemy. And I know that he's going to run out of tricks. I know he's going to run out of schemes. I know that he's going to run out of all of these things because I am holding fast. I'm holding the line because I am on offense. He doesn't dictate whether I'm on offense or defense anymore. I dictate whether I'm on offense. Why? because I pray in the Spirit. Let me, let me unravel that a little bit more. When I pray in the Spirit, you know, that sounds super holy and super like, whoa, cool, man. No, let me just simplify it. The Spirit, obviously Holy Spirit, correct? Yes. Uh, and I, I will only say obviously in situations like that, but it's obviously Holy Spirit, <laughs> but, um, just because, you know, uh, whatever. Okay, it's obviously Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing about Holy Spirit is all through Scripture, Holy Spirit yells at us that, hey, the battle's already won. Two, that... I have actually searched the depths of the Father, and I know it's coming. And then three is he's the one preparing the way. Do you see this? With those three things, what a better spirit to pray in. The same spirit that brings prophetic is the same spirit that we need to pray in. Therefore, I'm probably going to connect those dots. If he is already leading the way, if he's already lighting the path on which I'm walking and I'm being obedient to him, then I actually know what's coming down the road. And I can be on offense and pray on offense to extinguish these things that might be coming my way. Isn't this cool? Do you see this? Am I a lunatic right now? Or does no. this actually add a little bit of power to your prayer life? It adds the power. Oh, it adds some sauce. A little bit of sauce to, you know, 
This is why Jesus said it's so important to pray. It's because I can actually get in the mind of God and say, hey, what's coming? Hey, what is the enemy going to try this time? And how can I pray to extinguish that? You know, wouldn't that, like, what a cool thing that the Lord allows us to step into. Right? Meanwhile, not backing up. Meanwhile, not turning around. Because as I mentioned before, this armor says nothing about my back. Right? This armor has nothing to do with covering my back. Because why? I'm on offense. I'm on offense. Right? Does this encourage you? Does this like, okay, okay, this is not, I've never thought of this before maybe. But if Jesus died, went to hell, stole the keys, and came back and said, hey, I'm going to heaven now, I think we are on offense. I think we're victorious. I think the battle has already been won. I think so often we brag about how big our giants are in front of us. Meanwhile, giving authority and power to those giants and to, to uh, the enemy, right? But what if we actually prayed and actually lived our lives in an offensive state? You see this? You see this? What more could we extinguish? You know? If we were praying on offense, uh, no, I won't go down that because that might be a little, a little bit too out there. If we were praying on offense, what could what could we be a part of with the Lord, obviously, to prevent? Right? If he under, if he knows everything, if he already has all the plans written out, if he already knows all of these things then I think he would let us in on it. Right? Why would he give why would he why would he say but first desire prophecy? Do you know do you know the scripture says that? But most of all desire prophecy. 1 Corinthians says that outright. Why would it be such a big deal? Oh, for this exact reason, because we're on offense. Because we actually can understand what is to come. We can actually stand firm and not be, not be shifted. You see it? Praying all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. 
That's pretty awesome. Why? Oh, well, for Paul, it was for the advancement of the gospel. Right? So he knew where and where not to go. So what is it for you? Probably a similar similar thing. But what? You know? We have this way of spending time with the Lord and understanding the victory that he has achieved, understanding that we are on offense, and then partnering with that. You know, there's people who, who wake up and do this every single day, said, Lord, what's my marching orders? And the Lord says, I'll find a guy with a white beard and an orange shirt. And then boom, right? It's that kind of stuff. And it's that kind of dedication and intimacy with the Lord and taking him at his word that we can also achieve, that we can also do. Does this excite anybody? In Psalm 68.1, let me just read Psalm 68 to you. Let me go back, 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 back. Here we are. Psalm 68.1, I just want to read this for right here. Verse 1 says, God shall arise, and his enemies shall be scattered, and those who hate him shall flee before him. Okay, so if, do you see what's happening here? Let's set the scene here. It's exactly what we're talking about tonight. When God is proclaimed, when God is raised up, when God is high and lifted up, the enemies have to scatter. Right? Are you mm -hmm. seeing? Are, are we reading the same thing tonight? Are you guys hearing the same message? Right? But God arises in praise, and all the, Adam, all the enemies scatter as a result. I don't know about you guys, but I find a lot of peace in that. And I find that the more I partner with the Lord, the more I'm on offense and the less I'm reacting. And the more I can be proactive. Right? Does this make sense? Have I lost anybody? Okay. You know, this, this can't happen unless... I mean... How do I say this? What happens is whenever we make the promises that the Lord has spoken about me or about us, it's actually the opposite. It's about God fulfilling his promises for his namesake. Right? And shame on us for being on defense and reacting to things that are coming up. Right? I'm sorry, but royalty doesn't react. Royalty's proactive. Leaders don't react. Leaders are proactive. They understand what's coming. They understand how to lead through the wilderness, <laughs> right? Does that make sense? Moses knew what he was stepping into, but he knew the destiny at the end was the promised land, right? Okay, great leader, I'd say. <laughs> Pretty good one, right? Jesus, hey. He was under the same thing. He knew it was coming. He had this, this, this almost sight, if I can use that. He had this sight for what was ahead. 
because he was on offense. Even before the cross, Jesus just had that, had that way about him. And because of Jesus, now we have that way about us. Right? Like I said earlier, don't be impressed by the giants that you face. The enemy always tries to make us more aware of the problems than the solutions that we actually carry and hold. Okay? So we're on offense. That's why the Lord says pray like this. Because he was preparing his disciples for this apostolic mandate. He was preparing them. He was saying, hey, this is what's to come. This is what you're actually going to walk into. You're actually going to shift everything. Right? You guys see the, the coolness in this? That we can actually pray in a way of partnering with the Lord instead of reacting to what he's already doing. Right? Because I don't know about you guys, if I, can, if I can prevent something from happening just by my prayer life and being in tune with the Lord, I want it so bad. I don't know if that's true for everybody in the room, and that's okay, but I'm just telling you where I'm at, I want it bad. If I can know that's, that there is a possibility that somebody is going to get cancer, and I have a profound about it and I can oppose that with my prayer life before it sets in holy crap what else can I do you know am I to go I don't know maybe I'm crazy if I know that a tsunami is about to hit something but I pray proactively against it I guarantee it'll turn away And yeah, maybe you think I'm a guy with just like, okay, this guy's off his rocker. But I believe this. I believe this. I would even journey to say that Jesus knew the storm was coming when they were on the boat. Oh, definitely. I would agree with that. Right? He already knew that he was getting to the other side, but man, there's almost something in me that, like, he knew. He knew. And maybe there was even, like, a quote-unquote writing on the wall that the disciples could have known. You know? Like, there's something about being on offense. You know, when I play Madden, I, uh, when I'm in franchise career mode, I play offense only. Why? Because it's so much more fun. Yeah. Right? Nobody wants to play defense. Right? Everybody wants to play offense. Even if you're an athlete. You know, some athletes like defense. I and mean, hey, more power to them. But you want to be the guy who scores. You want to be the girl who scores. You want to be the person who wins, who scores, who knows that they had something to do with victory. Right? I think the worst thing on a team would be being a goalie. 
because you are literally literally reacting the entire game. With offense, you're being proactive. You see that? Uh, if you're on offense, you're being proactive over everything. Some coaches even say the best, the best defense is the best offense. You butchered that, but. What? The best defense is a good offense. Oh, hey, close enough. You got yeah. my point. But do you see it? Like, that's the point. That's the point. Is when I'm on offense, you know, I'm a part of something greater than me. When I'm reacting, I'm my own God, I feel like. Like, oh, this came up, so now I need to, now I need to take, take a stand in it. When the enemy's already trampled. And yes, I believe in the power of God. And yes, he can conquer whatever he sees fit. And that's why we see victories when things come our way. But wouldn't it be better if we could prevent things? Wouldn't it be better if we knew things were coming and we could pray against those things in advance? Not in just like guessing. Because <laughs> I already fall, found myself falling into that, you know, just in the couple weeks that I started studying this was, oh, well, I'll just start guessing of things that could go wrong and I'll pray against those. And yeah, my motive was pure, but like, <laughs> wouldn't it be better if I heard from the Lord and he gave me the list and I wasn't just throwing up, you know, <laughs> throwing up grenades and hoping that one lands. But I was being precise. Precise. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole point of, of this is not knowing just for the knowledge of knowing. It's for knowing so that you can partner with Holy Spirit. If we forget that and if we're like, oh, I just want to know so I can prevent things, um, the whole point of that is so we can have this, in, this new level of intimacy and a partnership with Holy Spirit. We can't miss that part. Okay. Like it's, it's really like everything Lex is saying, like it's all for nothing. If we, cause we can make ourselves the own, our own God out of that too. If we're not having the lens of like, okay, this is unto a partnership with Holy spirit and unto me being used in new ways that I didn't think it could be used. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's where I want to stretch us, is being used in ways that we don't think we can be used. You know? I mean, what if we were truly just to ask the Lord to use us like a puppet? You know? Controlling literally every move of our lives by his, by his fingertips. And watching him direct traffic through us. This guy, you know, does this get you guys a little, you know, like, okay, I, all right, I want to be on offense. Mm -hmm. Not for the sake of my own ego, but for the sake of partnering with the Lord. Right? Because it'll be fun, and you'll be tempted by the ego and pride stuff. But, like, the ride of partnering with Holy Spirit sounds way more fun to me. You know, that's praying without ceasing. That's praying at all times. That's praying in the spirit. 
being a living, walking prayer. That's all of these things tied up into one. Being on offense. Thanks. Being on offense. Jesus is victorious. Therefore, my older brother being victorious, I'm victorious. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Jesus is our older brother. Whatever. Okay, that's freaking awesome, actually. Right? We're victorious. That's cool. Okay. Does that, okay, questions, thoughts. Actually, let me pray first. Let me release that over your lives and then we can talk. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, Lord, we just thank you that you are victorious and that we can put all of our eggs in your basket. And Lord, I pray that there would just be a level of submission to that authority, power, and truth that you hold. And that Holy Spirit, I pray that our ears and our minds, our eyes would be tuned to what you are seeing and what you are doing, and that we could partner with you in being proactive so that earth looks more like heaven. So that you're, that heaven starts to permeate our world down here, Lord. So Holy Spirit, I just ask for a release over every single person in this room for that level of intimacy with you, Holy Spirit. And that we would understand that our identity is tied up in your victory. And that our that you have given us a way to salvation because of your victory. That you are the God of my salvation. And Lord, I just place all of my eggs in that basket tonight, that I would pray on offense, not in defense, but I would be on offense because Jesus, you conquered death, you stole the keys, and you are victorious. And you say, come on in in victory. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you poured your blood out for victory so that we could walk in your fullness, Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you would release that mantle over every single person's life tonight. And that you would start giving us, give us dreams and visions and words of what is to come so that we can pray into it. Lord, I know that you did it with Isaiah, and I pray that you would do it again. I know you did it with Jeremiah, and I pray that you do it again. I know that you did it with John, and I pray that you would do it again that you will unleash and peel this veil from our eyes, that we will be able to see what you're seeing, Lord. Would you just give us a whole nother level of influence? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.